Welcome back to the Take the Shot podcast, and we're going through our week two preview of some marquee NFL matchups. Um, we're going to go through four of them specifically, where I'm going to give you a little bit of my opinion on and take forward what you will about who will win these games, but I have a strong feeling that I'm going to be right on these. Um, believe it or not, this week in the NFL, there are potentially a lot of blowouts. Um, if you are a gambler or, you know, like to bet like a little bit like I do, just saying. Uh, we have multiple double-digit point spreads this week in the league. Uh, very surprising to me, actually. Uh, it's about four or five games. There are at least 10-point spreads uh, going into Sunday. And those are games you may not want to touch. I don't know. So that's up to you. Feel free to do what you want with that. Um, but we'll go through some of the four that I think are going to be must-watch games and are going to really maybe tilt some seasons early on in this NFL campaign. So we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Uh, Tampa Bay last week got the joy of dealing with an anemic Cowboys offense that didn't do much of anything, put up three points, and was the only team to not score a touchdown in the NFL last week. Uh, Pretty embarrassing. Um, But what does that say about the Buccaneers? Uh, They didn't have too much resistance for what they wanted to do you could tell Dallas was deflated especially after Dak got hurt uh it it wasn't much that they had to put up with anything uh Brady and the Bucks took care of business uh ran the ball effectively Brady threw for over 200 yards he wasn't spectacular but he wasn't bad he rarely is bad anymore at this point uh and if he is it's really ugly um so they look fine I would say they look like a competent team and Dallas did not. So that's more on the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. But they're playing a Saints team that actually woke up later on in their game against the Falcons. Uh, They were down for the majority of it, then put up 17 points in the fourth quarter to come back uh, and win that game. What really scared me about this team was how much Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry started to click as the game wore on. Um... This unit has been banged up. Mike Thomas has been banged up for almost two years. Jameis Winston's still basically on one leg uh, after his injury last year. So it's a kind of patchwork uh, work in progress, basically, for how they're going to gel together as an offensive unit. But, man, they look good when they did. When they had to put up points, they did. When Jameis Winston had to be the guy to drive them down the field, he did. So you look at that team, and the defense is is still pretty good. That pass rush is still very good. Cam Jordan is still an elite pass rusher. So you start to wonder and say, wait a minute. Grand Nose Atlanta Falcons, let's be fair. Marcus Mariota played his heart out, by the way. I think he was legitimate in his starting quarterback role and still could be, especially for this team. Um, he did with his part, but the Saints were able to pull out the victory. So the question becomes... Can Tom Brady finally beat the New Orleans Saints in the regular season? Over the past two years, he's 0-4. This will be the fifth meeting between these two teams with Tom Brady at quarterback in the regular season. It's going to be tough. Um, I don't see Brady's arm getting any stronger. I see Brady's also missed a lot of camp. I see Brady's also missing his Pro Bowl center, and the interior of that offensive line is weaker than it was last year. Um, The only thing you can say about the Saints, maybe secondary, I'd say is a huge deal, is they traded Gardner Johnson to the Eagles. Um, But they do have a very, I guess I would say, legitimate secondary. 
I talked about the pass rush a little bit earlier. It, it's going to be a tough go for Brady against that defense. Um, and Godwin, like I said, on his side is out for Brady. Um, Mike Evans is is beat up. It, it's it's going to be a tough going. Um, Leonard Fournette, I would say, had a great showing. He ran for over 100 yards against the Cowboys. But once again, this is not the Cowboys defensive line. This is the Saints defensive line. All that to say, I'm taking the Saints to win this game and Brady to be 0-5 in the regular season against New Orleans Saints at this point. Uh, I don't see the offseason that the Buccaneers had making them any better, and I see Brady away from football more, which is going to make the team worse, because let's be real. Brady's the reason this team is even close to being anything, right? And if he's not fully bought in, dare I say Tom Brady not being fully bought in, this team crumbles. Uh, I see the Saints winning it. The spread in this game is two and a half in favor of the Buccaneers. I say the Saints cover that and actually win this game. So now, our second matchup is we have the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, this game is really intriguing to me because Miami is in this state of where this is it for Tua, right? Tua's got the weapons. He's got Jalen Wallow. He's got Tyreek Hill now. There's no excuse. You've got to be able to put up points and shift this team from being a defensive team to an offensive-minded team. Now, they're not there yet. They didn't even need much of the offense last week against the Patriots because that defense was just all over the place causing turnovers. What was it? Force fumble. They had an interception. Um, Mac Jones couldn't really do anything. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was 20-7. to 7. They had one scoring offensive drive. And I was like, how is that even possible? But that's, that's the, thing, the case with this Miami defense. That just becomes the case. So this is still a defensive team, um, but two is trying to slowly move that to the offensive side of the ball. Now, you look at your Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked good against the Jets. It's the Jets. We know. We know. And it was Joe Flacco, too, by the way, which makes it even worse. But he did what he was supposed to do, hit the big plays, and then was able to go ahead and get the victory. Now, he looked good. He was inaccurate on some throws, some of the short and medium throws. They didn't make a huge difference in this game because it got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, but he was able to hit the deep, shot, deep shots. He's a splash player. He makes big runs. He hits the deep ball. He looked really good with his two receivers that he's got. Bartman had a, had a deep ball um, that was really nice, pushed right over the middle. Perfect throw, great route. And they look clean. They look like they've been well-practiced, and they look clean. And no one's really talking about it because it was the Jets. So this is going to be a much bigger test coming next week against these two teams. Lamar Jackson is going to have to carry the load like we know he has. We mentioned this in one of our previous episodes. But that Miami defense is not the Jets defense. Um, his receivers are not going to be able to get open. Um, Howard, J.B. and Howard can lock down. Bartman, I can't even say Bateman. Um, he's going to be locked down. He's not going to have any sort of space to maneuver i think you're going to see a lot of what you see on your screen right now if you're watching it on video a lot of him running and see if he can be caught because i don't think there's going to be a lot of room on the outside for his receivers and they know to key on mark andrews because that's been his security blanket for as long as he's been in the league so who comes out winning this game i've got baltimore still coming out to win i don't believe in tua yet i believe in their weapons 
but I still need to see one more game against legitimate defense, which the Ravens defense is. It's not great, but it's very good. And I want to make sure that he can sustain that pass rush with his frame and stand and deliver the football to those two great wideouts. If he can do that, this game could be a blowout. But I, at this point, do not think two is that kind of quarterback. He hasn't proven it to me. And I know Lamar Jackson can ball when he needs to. So I'm taking the Ravens. Um, the spread in this game is two and a half points favoring the Ravens. Um, I will go ahead and take that, uh, that they win this game. Now, our third marquee matchup of the weekend. The old Cincinnati Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Cincinnati got a rough break last week. I mean, that game was wild, right? With the mixed, mixed field goals from McPherson. Uh, Joe Burrow with, what, five turnovers? Four picks is what it was. That, that's, that's insane, especially coming off a Super Bowl runner-up team. Uh, you could tell that there was a little bit of miscommunication because of the appendectomy that Joe Burrow had, so then he couldn't practice with the team this offseason as much as he probably wanted to, and so that caused a lot of issues. So can they bounce back against the Cowboys? Now, it's funny. People were like, why is this even a matchup, right? Because the Cowboys are starting Cooper Rush, right? Cooper Rush isn't Dak Prescott. This should be a blowout. This is going to shape a lot of both of these teams' season, right? Let's just say that the Cowboys win somehow, some way. And the Super Bowl runner-ups are down 0-2 this season. I would argue, especially if the Ravens were to win at home next week, that Cincinnati could be in a much worse situation than if Dallas were to go 0-2. Dallas is in a much weaker division. Um, the odds of them being able to come back against teams like the Commanders and the Giants are much higher than Cincinnati trying to deal with um, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Browns are still a good team as well. It's just going to be a lot. So what, what do you do? What do you do as Dallas to see if you can put yourself not in that 0-2 situation? That would be something you do not want to do. Um, but the Bengals themselves are going to try and make sure that they can handle their handle their business basically on the road. The spread in this game is seven and a half. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but excuse the the, the siren noise I hear when I'm recording this. Um, but the spread is seven and a half. That is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. But it's Cooper Rush, and no one knows how the Cowboys are going to act with him at the quarterback helm. Their offensive line looks like it's in shambles. Um, C.D. Lamb is just double cover, and we can't get him the ball. Uh, Micah Parsons is like the only person on the, uh, their defense. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, actually, with the Cowboys, their defense has become more of the strength of the team in a weird way. Um, they're going to be a lot more run-centric with Zeke and uh, Pollard. And they're going to have to figure out how to make this game in a phone booth instead of what we all considered last year, which was the top offense in the league and wanted to spread it out and fly around, they have quickly become a team that can't do that. So it's going to be a very interesting game. I'm going to stand by my argument and say that the Cowboys going 0-2 here, Dallas fans, is is not the the end of the world. Like, y'all are in the NFC East. You're not going to beat the Eagles, I don't think. Uh, at this rate, um, the Eagles are probably going to sweep you, especially the way you looked against the Buccaneers. And we have a better front, I would say, than the Buccaneers do. So you're going to have to pull something out of your you-know-what in order to keep it competitive. 
um, against the, the Eagles at least. But the rest of the NFC East is winnable. Even with Cooper Rush, I gave you 50-50 shot. I mean, Cooper Rush, I'd say is Daniel Jones. I mean, I mean, Daniel Jones hasn't done anything. He almost uh, blew the game for the Giants the other week, you know, throwing an interception on like the one-yard line. So, I mean, Carson Wentz is just a, you know, dynamite <laughs> and, and, and basically dynamite that you throw out and see what happens. Hopefully you blow up the right team or maybe he'll blow up himself. You never know. So you've got some options here in the NFC East. The Cincinnati Bengals and AFC North do not. There's very much there's much less wiggle room, even with Jacoby Brissett on the Browns. Um, the Steelers are always a tough out with that defense. And Mitch Trubisky looked decent enough. So I think the Bengals are in a much deeper hole if they go down 0-2 than the Cowboys. And finally, the game of the week. You've got the Vikings at the Eagles on Monday Night Football. This is going to tell us a lot about the NFC very early um, in this season. Both of these teams are, you could argue, picked to be at least in the NFC Championship with two of the best rosters um, in the conference. Now, Justin Jefferson balled out against the Packers. I don't know what kind of defense they were running, but uh, it was anemic and terrible to guard one of the best receivers in the league in that way. But what I saw from the Eagles last week did not give me a lot of hope in regards to what our defensive secondary capabilities are. I mean, it, it, it wasn't fun. Uh, the fact that that game ended up 38-35 against the Detroit Lions and DeAndre Swift ran the ball like crazy down their throat was not good. And Minnesota's offense is a lot better. But in the matchup, I think it comes down to this, the pass rush. Can we get to Kirk so he can't get the ball to Justin Jefferson? But there's a caveat to that. Dalvin Cook. If DeAndre Swift can break out runs like that and with multiple touchdowns in that game, I do you, can you see just imagine what Dalvin, uh, Dalvin Cook's going to do. I mean, really? Dalvin Cook is a much better running back than DeAndre Swift. So if they can start running the ball and you get old Captain Kirk and his drop back play action that he loves to do and he just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, if you listen to my Minnesota Vikings preview about some of his stats, um, he will just throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. And I can't too much blame him. I'm not going to be all in this, you know, on his case about that. It's just that, I don't know, it feels cheap when Kirk Cousins does it. I'm going to be honest. It just feels cheap. But if he can get away with that, with the running game against the Eagles, we're going to have some serious problems because our secondary, I think, is good. But Justin Jefferson is just very good. And he's a little bit motivated, obviously. We all know about the draft and how the Eagles were supposed to take him, um, but did not. And it's going to be interesting to see on the flip side what Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown can do because A.J. Brown did set the record for most yards in an Eagles debut um, for, for the team. So that was a good sign. It seems like Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown are very quickly getting some rapport and are very quickly deciding that this is going to be my go-to guy. Um, Devontae Smith takes some of the pressure off him, lets him be the speed guy, lets him be the second option. 
Um, and A.J. Brown over the middle was a very good call, or a very good play that the Eagles were run against uh, Detroit. So the question is, can Jalen replicate that against the Vikings defense, which obviously is a better defense than the Lions? Um, and he's going to see a lot more, how do I, how do I want to put this, exotic coverages um, like with the Vikings than he did against Detroit. Uh, it's it's going to be a little bit tougher. Now that we've also got some film, too, for the Vikings to study to get the ball to A.J. Brown. Um, if they can do it, it'd be, it's going to be great. But I see a lot of what our offense has become, and I say R because I'm an Eagles fan. Um, it's going to be a lot of RPO um, and balls over the middle. But if those reads get muddled by Minnesota's exotic defense and different looks and different zone blitzes and things like that, we're going to have to take off. Um, between him and Miles Sanders, uh, Hurts and Miles Sanders, there was almost 100 yards rushing individually between each one. That's what we are. That's what the Eagles' offense is, is a run offense. Led the league in rushing last year. We're not going to change it this year, but we've got the big ca- big play capability with A.J. Brown. So the question comes down to who can run the ball more effectively? In this game, if the Eagles can keep their rushing attack on point and keep that defense off balance, then I think Kirk folds because as a straight drop back quarterback throwing it to Justin Jefferson, we can handle that because Slay in our secondary is good enough. Um, I don't know what the Packers were doing, letting Justin Jefferson just run through zones and just not taking care of him. I don't think we're going to do that. Um, we'll be able to maybe track him a little bit better. But if he, if Kirk can play action the ball, which is what he's very good at, and look down the field with a couple seconds, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Big plays everywhere. Darius Slay is even susceptible to the big plays, an aggressive corner. Um, we play an aggressive defense. It wouldn't be pretty. All that said, the spread in this game is two points. They're at Philadelphia. This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to say... That the deciding factor is Kirk Cousins' prime time record. Kirk Cousins is two and nine on Monday Night Football. Two and nine, dog. Two and nine. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game in a very close game. I think Kirk does what he always does and misses that one throw. On the final drive, because Justin Jefferson is triple covered, and he's got a little bit of pressure, and he cannot handle it, and ends up falling off, basically. Misses the throw, game over, and the Eagles win. So there are your four games, and our picks on the Take the Shot podcast. You have doubts? Think I'm wrong? Maybe? I'm usually not, just saying. If you you think I'm wrong, prove it. Say something. But (laughs) we are going to pick those four games. For this weekend, Um, everyone, have a great time watching football this weekend. College, NFL, we will come to you with some college episodes as well. Um, But we had to get the NFL ones here because I really enjoyed breaking down some of these games that are going to be happening on Sunday. So until next time, y'all be easy, stay safe, and see you later.